This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, senior JU Israel educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined, as always, by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing great, Mike. Did you enjoy your Passover break? I did indeed. Okay, so before we go any further, let's say that our topic today is going to be for Yom HaShoah, Jewish edu- taking young Jews to Poland to educate them, and we have a special guest to help us discuss that topic. Could you introduce our guest? Yes, our guest is David Berman, and um, David is a great, great friend of mine and a colleague. We've been working together for now 20 years um, with Ramah Poland. Uh, seminar, but uh, also also in life. And David is a, a phenomenal educator, a high school teacher um, in a number of different high schools in Jerusalem. Two. And two. Oh, now two. Two is a number. That's a number, yeah. <laughs> the Sorti School and Chorev still. Yes. And he's the great principal of 11th grade. In the Masorti. In the yeah. Masorti School mm-hmm. in, in Jerusalem. Uh, and we asked David here today because... He has experience both, as I said, with me in the in the American sort of Poland um, education world, uh, not only with Ramah but also other other groups, and also in Israel with his students. Um, so we thought it would be a good perspective to hear someone who sort of plays both those worlds, because in, even though uh, those two worlds kind of run parallel in a lot of ways, especially when we talk about education, Jewish education, Holocaust education, um, Poland, they also have very distinct features which uh, um, sort of represent their um, own, uh, sort of say, framework of life and education. So we thought David would be a great person to have this conversation with. Welcome, David. Thank you very much. Hello. In our little studio, not far from your school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too much of a schlep, I hope. Um, we're not actually going to talk about uh, the news of the day or of the last few weeks where we've had another shooting in another synagogue six months after the first one, this one in California. We're not going to talk about the bizarre New York Times cartoon. We will, in a future episode, we've been formulating our analysis of what anti-Semitism is becoming now as we enter in you know in 2019 at this point of the 21st century. So those topics are important. And, and we got to get to them in a serious way. Yeah, they deserve a serious focus. And so that'll be uh, in that episode, which will be coming up probably after the Yom's. Yeah, in the coming weeks. So. Yeah. So David, can you fill us in a little more about what type of tour, what type of groups you take to Poland? How often? Just a little background on what you do. Well, as the grade coordinator, the 11th grade grade coordinator, I need to organized the Poland trip in the school that I teach in, um, which is the Masorti High School, which is a secular public school in Jerusalem, mixed school. Even though it's called Masorti, it's only really by title. Uh, it doesn't, it's not associated with the conservative movement. In fact, most of the kids, the shul that they don't go to is an, ortho, is an orthodox shul. Mm-hmm. So it just means um, traditional. Not, yeah. yeah. And so we do tefillah, but like once a week, not more than that. And none of the kids wear kippot and... And after the school, most of the kids go to the army. Uh, and it's quite a mixed population. So we have kids from various socioeconomic backgrounds, um, kids who are very privileged and kids who are um, non. And families from and different parts of the world that their parents or grandparents came from? Because the, it's secular and it's Jerusalem, tends to, the majority tends to be Sfadi backgrounds. 
Um, so Jews from Arab countries in the Middle East yes. for the most part. Uh, like 90% of, I would say, of my student body are Sfadi or Mizrahi. Mm-hmm. Though there are more and more mixed marriages, you know, more mixed families. In that Meaning sense. Ashkenazi. And, yeah. Ashkenazi. yeah. 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 <laughs> it means something else in Israel. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, we, at the end of the 11th grade, we go to Poland um, through the school and we go uh, under the auspices of the Ministry of Education. So this is um, a normal high school experience for Israeli... Uh, for many, mm-hmm. uh, it's become a rite of passage for many high school students who can afford it mm-hmm. um, or where the school has the, uh, where it's important for the school to organize the, the journey because mm-hmm. it's it's quite complicated, lots of bureaucracy involved, um, particularly as far as the Ministry of Education is concerned. And they are very involved in organizing the trip and protecting um, and uh and setting the standards, setting like the educational standards, standards yes, right? Yeah. Which, which is very Even different. Even setting the amount of right. time we have to spend at each site. Right. Mm. Uh, and who we use as guides, you know, only guides mm. who they have authorized. Well, that kind oh. of micromanaging is always very helpful when you're trying to, as an educator, do your job, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> great sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I, that, that's, the, that's the only time I go to Poland with Israelis. The rest of the time I go to Poland um, with American high school students. Um, and often when it comes when it comes to orthodox high school students, uh, it's a rite of passage for them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I go with a school called Ramaz um, to Poland and uh, they have, their Poland trip is like a senior graduation which, trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which um, must also give it a certain kind of dynamic, yeah. which is very different than the Israeli yes. programs. Yeah, the Israeli program normally goes in the, the summer between 11th and 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still another year, but it's not like it's the final yeah. school trip. Yeah. Um, Ramaz also brings their students on to Israel. So does Ramah, right. which has another effect, or right. you know, right. is reflected in the way this, this trip is built. To a diaspora student, that's a very different cap to the program, whereas right. to an Israeli kid, that's just going home. Right. Well, the question right. is, one of the questions we have to deal with is where do we go to when we land in Israel? Mm. Right. Do we take them to the Kotel? which is what many religious schools do. Do we take them to um, the Tayelet so they can look over the Jerusalem? Do we take them to the Knesset? Do we take them to the Supreme Court? Mm. Uh, or do mm. we bring them back to the school? Uh, and that, I, I that, went that was, with a school to Yad Mordechai, a kibbutz, right. that was founded and named after Mordechai Levitch from the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. So, right. And played a key role it. in the War of Independence, holding back the... Uh, the kibbutz did, yeah. Yeah, the kibbutz did. Yeah. So that question... You know, reflects the agenda that the school wants to set, or I want to set. Well, what do you yeah. do? Uh, every year, it's a different. It's a different discussion. Uh, it depends who the teachers are and um, what's going on in Israel at the time. For example, if we go in September, or just before Rosh Hashanah, the kotel is very busy with slichot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kotel adds a religious element, not just a national or nationalist element to um, to the to the story. Uh, so I'll, do we only allow for a religious element mm-hmm. to be uh, voiced? Have you gone to the Knesset or the Supreme Court? Um, we've been to, yes, we've been to, the, you know, the Gan Havradim, mm-hmm. right. where you can see both the, the Knesset and the Supreme Court. All. Uh, so Israeli, that, that, was, that was a school which, speci- uh, that was a, a group where the um, teachers specifically wanted to go there. 
I mean, to make a point about um, sort of Yad Vashem opens out when you finish your walk going through Yad Vashem, it overlooks so that you have that national. Uh, well, overlooks the hills of Judea. Yeah, and right. it doesn't look overlook the Knesset. Right. The Israel Museum overlooks the Knesset. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Oh, was was that school was an American school you went with? No, that's that's a Masorti. Oh, Masorti. Masorti. Um, so the teachers I went with that year were particularly, uh, actually, they were all Ezra Chut teachers, which is citizenship. Civic. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we said civics and citizenship at the same time, so <laughs> that may be annoying to listeners. So I'll say it in one sentence. Um, so it was important for them to talk about, you know, citizenship, Israeli citizenship. That was the message of the right. mm -hmm. of the journey. Does that come out in the actual journey in Poland? Um, yes, and it uh, it depends who the teachers are and who the kids are, and a lot depends on me as well. You know, right. what I what I want to convey. Now, I, I believe very strongly that these kids need to, um, particularly since we go to a school which is called Masorti, which is called tradition, I, need, I believe that the students who go to Poland need to uh, connect with the Jewish past before, well, I think that about many trips to Poland. Right. You know, before you study the Holocaust, you need to be able to understand what was lost, right. who Basically, were the Jews. The heritage, which yeah. is uh, more or less those, I, I would say, who are educators, now, who take groups... Focus yeah. on that idea. Yeah, but the problem is that most of heritage or most most heritage sites in Poland are religious. Right. Or, okay. or heritage sites that are meaningful. I once tried to take uh, a group, Young Judea, to like an old Bundist building. Right. It totally fell flat. It yeah. was like, it fell apart. They were like, yeah, whatever. Well, they have no frame of <laughs> they reference. No frame I mean, of the Bundists no were, exactly. were part of the socialist movement that wanted to have a distinctly Jewish right. element. And that that's not a... They don't have a strong surviving. They don't have anything for continuity for the kids to relate to Correct. today and say those were the founders. Correct. Whereas or the Yiddish Yeshiva, theater, for example. Or the Yiddish theater we used to try to do, yeah. would they? So. And these, these things tend to fall flat as opposed yeah. to going into a shul mm -hmm. or Yeshiva Chochmei Lublin. Right. Um, but anyway, it would be misleading to just totally focus on the secular side of Polish Jewry before the Holocaust because right. there were so many, most of the Jews were very closely associated with religion and tradition, even if they right. might have been secular. But less so in the urban areas, right? The, less so, but yeah. still, but still, you know, um, there was there was assimilation and uh, different right. than Jews in Western Europe who had who, who assimilated in the way that we're more familiar right. with. So, so are you able to do so? So what's that conflict when you're talking with your Israeli students? Because for our American students, that is a frame of reference. The religious, right? So, so in, in fact, um, the for many of my students, the only religious experience they've ever had is the one they have in Poland. The first time they've actually gone into a shul and davened in a shul or, um, or experienced Shabbat. Right. Uh, traditional. What, a traditional Shabbat. And what do we do with, an, with a traditional Shabbat or a religious Shabbat? Um, do they have, do, you know, do they use their phones or don't they use their phones? These are questions which we need to deal with. And do we tell them not to use their phones or... Uh, Right, and how? And, to, and what about kosher food? You know, uh, do we only supply kosher food? Do we allow them to eat non-kosher food? Right. Uh, these are questions which which every year come up. Uh, and and, then, how, and yeah. then you can go to the ceremonies we have at, at let's say you have a ceremony at Auschwitz. Do you include Kaddish? Right. Do you include Kelmale Rachamim? Right. Uh, the memorial prayer for the dead. Which is a given for almost any um, American program I've been on. R religious, not religious, whatever. I, mean, I would assume that anything. if it's called Masorati in the name of the school, that gives you a certain amount of leeway to exactly. engage in heritage practice. 
but I have um, very secular teachers who come mm -hmm. with me, um, right. and some of my students are very secular mm -hmm. and object sometimes to saying Kaddish. You know, what are we talking about God for here? Mm -hmm. right. uh, but then, I mean, I also have had uh, I led a Chabad group um, yeah. from America to uh, students. Uh, they were university students. Chabad on campus, yeah. um, and they ref didn't let me sing Hatikva, mm. right? Which is an interesting, right? Which is a given for the Israeli schools. Absolutely, every tekkes you sing. Yes, it. every tekkes the Hatikva is. Sung. A tekkes is a ceremony that usually we that usually comes to end. We we do in a place like at the end of the Warsaw Ghetto um, uh, tour, or at the end of maybe a concentration camp. You'll do a ceremony to kind of end the end it with a um, closing. Um, yeah. Framework, and so at the end of that, always you'll sing Hatikvet the Masorti. Yeah, right. there's a whole discussion about flags as well. But, but I um, assume you know. Uh, well, the Ministry of Education put out an instruction that we weren't allowed to allow the students to wrap themselves in flags. Really, really, yeah, because it's not honourable for it, the it flag. Doesn't, yes, it's not lechabed uh, hmm. right. Not because they think it's too nationalistic but because no because they it's did, a disrespect it's disrespectful and they think wear we should, a flag. you know you should wave the flag you shouldn't you shouldn't wear it Make as it a talit into, even yeah. though it's designed on the the blue you know the blue stripe is designed on the talit yeah. yeah i can say from before Purim when i was there nobody was really following that directive <laughs> <laughs> the, so, the kids seem to intuitively want to wrap themselves in the flag yeah, yeah. so so i mean like, now you're kind of like I, uh, to me, the big difference is the difference between when we go with American students, it's really hammering down on Jewish identity. And that, you know, that, that in, in, in the end of the day, I would say very flatly, that's our goal. Our goal is to, to, is to strengthen the Jewish identity, not well, because sure of the Holocaust. Your goal is bigger than that. In other words, your goal is for them to experience and learn, right? So broadly, and you have a sort of meta theme that you want them to walk away with, with a sense of Jewish identity and desiring that it continue. Yeah. So. And I would I would argue that for Israelis, for sure, there's another goal, in addition. Yeah. Which is that Jews have to have power. Well, I would say. Well, that's my question: is what is the so if Jewish identity is the goal really we're bringing our Jewish students for, and not that the Holocaust creates a Jewish identity, but the whole. As you said before, the heritage, the life that came before, the history. So then, so then, what is that? If you could, like, you know, mingle it down, what is that goal for the for the Israeli students? Well, I, I you know, uh, so you could, and you can also talk about you personally, but also what you see generally amongst your. Yes, I, I don't think it's about strengthening the Jewish identity, right? As much as the Israeli identity, right? And um, the sense of uh, commitment to the state of Israel and belief in the state of Israel and the Zionist narrative. Certainly, that's the you know the the mainstream. Right. Um, uh, and what is that Zionist that, narrative? That which is you know, you know, how does the Holocaust fit into the creation of the state of Israel? I mean, yeah. with the, you know, and they tr I try and teach it in as complex possible as, in complex ways possible, right. not to show, not to make it too simplistic. But there is a very strong sense that um, because of the Holocaust, we need to have a state of Israel, and we need to have a strong army. Right. And and therefore, students who have finished um, high school go into the army and go and contribute to the country and uh, try and give themselves as much as they can by contributing in very um, uh, demanding units and things like that, you know, elitist right. units. Right. Uh, so uh, I met a I met a student, um, a graduate of the school, 
uh, last year who told me that because he went to Poland with me, um, he is um, he decided to give up on his sports career. And he wants to try and get into a Sayyat Matkal, which is the most elitist. Elite reconnaissance elite, unit yeah, of the general to, staff. Yeah. It's really like a special forces commando. Yeah. Now, and I said, because of me? Because of, because of what <laughs> I told you? You don't think of yourself as... <laughs> That's a, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, a lot of responsibility. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and I, I didn't speak in that way. You know, I mm -hmm. did. But I, I think it's the underlying um, motive, the underlying agenda that uh, you go well, to the you go you go to Poland you learn what happened to the Jews and you um, fight for your country is it yeah. overstating it to say that's why the Ministry of Education supports this trip I'm sure that's why Naftali Bennett supports the trip mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether the Ministry of Education the Ministry of Education there's lots of different voices yeah. within the ministry lots of different people but why do you think in other words if the Ministry of Education speaks for the state of Israel which is even more voices why is a Poland trip so integral to why is it so encouraged and, and 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 even you know funded and supported that Israeli kids go to Poland? If not that idea that 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 Jewish the danger to Jews exists and Jewish power is the only sensible solution. I Whether do, I would say Israeli power, I, I'm I'm a bit nervous about mm -hmm. the word you know the use of the word Jewish in this context. How do you I, I would say way? Israeli Why? power? Explain. Um, because uh, Jewish sort of has a connotation of um, a religious association. Um, am I right? Uh, a, it depends on yeah. how you use it. It's not yeah. a question of right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I would argue that Zionism is the focus on the national aspect of the Jewish people rather than the religious, religious identity of Judaism. Mm -hmm. In other words, the Jewish people have a religion, Judaism. But Zionism defines Jew as a national identity. That's why nations get states, religions don't. And so Israeli is a way of saying Jewish national power. I'll give you an example of uh, something which happened recently. Um, over the last few years, the Ministry of Education has encouraged us to have meetups with Polish kids, um, partly for funding reasons. I think the previous Polish government funded these, uh, right. these meetings. Um, well, I'm sure the current Polish government's not going to make it difficult for Israeli kids to tour Israel. Right? <laughs> so, uh, what happens, or what used to happen, um, is that we would get, we would go to a Polish high school, and we would meet up with our students would meet up with Polish students. Um, um, what, what was the what was the purpose of that meeting, uh, and why did I encourage the meeting to happen? I encouraged the meeting to happen because I wanted kids to have a sense of who they are by meeting somebody else, somebody who is different from them. Um, be able to try and identify, you know, try and see what you have in common and what is different. What is the difference between somebody who is Polish and somebody who is Israeli and Jewish or Polish and Catholic? Um, when I brought the discussion over to um, issues of religion, uh, the conversation almost ended. Mm -hmm. The Polish kids did not want to talk about the fact that they were Catholic and my Israeli students didn't want to talk about the fact that they were Jewish or traditional Jewish. or They didn't want to talk about Pesach as opposed to Christmas. Um, but they were happy to talk about the army. Um, they were happy to talk about um, living in Israel, what that means, living in Israel. Um, they were happy to talk about the Palestinian conflict, you know, the tension with the Palestinians. And the Poles were very interested in that. Um, but when I tried to push the conversation towards a, uh, the, the religious differences, 
even when I tried to push the conversation towards Jewish history, including the Holocaust, there was a resistance there. Why do you think that is? I don't know, maybe because they were uncomfortable discussing these sorts of subjects. Yeah. Um, or they, you know, they're too sensitive or... I mean, just from here, okay, so now I've, I've thought about this for all of the 30 seconds it took you to tell that story. <laughs> to me, that to me feels like a Zionist success. In other words, if Zionism is part of the normalization of the Jewish people to normal nationhood, so that Jews should feel about being at home and being in their nation the way Irish people feel in Ireland or Polish people feel in Poland. So that conversation between Polish people and, and Israelis is normal, but it is uncomfortable. You know, religion, it's, it's, it's not really politics. It's where I live and what's life like and, you know, what are the things going on in my country is the normal thing that kids who meet across borders, whereas discussing religion is often even for adults mm -hmm. if you don't have the right. Well, which is why David was stressing Israeli power as opposed to Jewish power. But that's the Israeli is the, is the framework. Whereas Jewish still in the world, as much as we'd like to argue on this podcast and in our classes that, that Zionism take, like, is the definition of Jews, Jews as a nation, much of the world still sees the Jewish aspect as a religious aspect. Right. And so uh, Israeli kids say, well, that's not really – that's an identity that I – even if I may have, I'm not so comfortable talking about it. And the Polish kids weren't you know? comfortable talking about Catholicism. Because that's yeah. that's 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 an awkward bridge, whereas right, so the commonality right. of just living in my country. Right. So that's why he said Israeli power. As I, opposed to, I understand. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Can I just mention some other, one other difference? Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I think is very important. Uh, one of the agendas which I have is to try and uh, speak about racism and the evil that racism right. creates, um, hate and fear of the other uh, of the yeah. other. Yeah. And that's something which I think is one of the lessons, the most important lessons of the Holocaust. You know, when you talk about Hitler's rise to power, and you talk about Nazi anti-Semitism, and you talk about Polish anti-Semitism, you talk about the death camps as a direct result of that sort of hatred and that sort of and that sort of racism. And we are dealing with a lot of racism and hatred within uh, our high schools, mm -hmm. particularly of people who are different or who are. But the it other. ends at high school, our adults, in our politics, <laughs> we don't see that. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic He's being again. Sarcastic again. Oh, yeah. you get used to for, no, no, I think I, I, I'm trying to be a little bit light, but, but race, Israeli racism is a real cultural problem that Overt. has Overt overtly Israeli raised racism. its head in the past election and in a really it, ugly way. Yes, and it's the kids who are reflecting what their parents are talking about. Yep. It's not the kids, you know, the, right. I'm fighting not just well, this racism. Societal. Which, you're an yeah. educator, you're trying to repair something that's going on wrong in Israeli society. Right. And that racism isn't just of Arabs, yes, hatred or fear of Arabs. It's also of people who are different from you. Um, whether that, that could also be smaller nim, left-wing people right. um, who are anti-Zionist in their opinion. Or um, people who are Ashkenazi when you are Sfadi. Or people who are... Sfadi uh, when you're Ashkenazi, yeah. 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 And people other aren't Jewish, other, something, right. some, something other, who's different othering, from you. Othering people. Right. Yeah. I-itting um, instead of I-thouing. So the, the question is, is, is that one of the, you know, you know, how do I make the Poland trip reflect that educational uh, mission that I have of um, getting rid of or, or lessening the amount of racism that they, these kids feel? Now, I, I notice you're um, personalizing this as opposed to saying this is part of the broader effort. Uh, it's not part of the broader effort. No. Whereas um, in the American world, it is. It, certainly Holocaust education 
in the 70s and 80s and it was all onward. about trying to get rid of prejudice yeah yeah um Do, and are, are poland trips for diaspora students focusing on this I think, I don't know if I would say focus. I would but say, it's I, it certainly touches upon it, I think. I mean, it depends, depends who you are. Again, it's much less, I, I, it's much less standardized because in terms of the, it does, there's no ministry of education. So each trip, there's no standards. Look, when I was 18, you know, I was so. taken through, you know, in, in Yad Vashem, even then they had tour guides that would take you through. And I had a South African Ola tour guide take us through Yad Vashem. And at the end of the tour, and this is during actual apartheid in South Africa. And I asked him, you know, is it is it is it strange for you as a South African? I said, you still are you still a citizen? He said, yeah. I said, is it strange for you to lead towards the Yad Vashem when your country is still have has a racist policy? And he's he got so mad at me. He's like, There's nothing in common between the Holocaust and South Africa. Like he was really mad. He, apartheid is it? And he started defending apartheid to me. And I was like, how is a Holocaust educator? missing yeah. that racism is evil. <laughs> like, I just don't, and, and I think you have that. Look, one of the things that really concerned me this year, and I guess it didn't surprise me, but it's still sort of shocking, is when students say to me, well, but it's different with Arabs. In other words, when I compare racism again here in Israel to other forms of racism, they say, but this one's different. This one's, this one's not based on... Those racisms it, are evil. That's this one, chinam. That has the right. This racism has a reason. This racism <laughs> has a reason, and those racisms were just, you know, evil. And, and that well, the, the, those racisms can also be explained historically. Yes, right. Um, but there is a difference. I mean, what, one of the things which I try and emphasize when I'm with American high school students is the difference between. Um, the Holocaust or the uniqueness of the Holocaust and other genocides or other um, wars right. of hate. Um, we talk about that in Bilotoskogora, which is right. otherwise known as the, the children's forest, right. where there are mass graves of children who were killed in the Holocaust. And there are also mass graves of Poles who were killed. Right. Um, the difference that Alan always likes to point out is that the Poles chose to be killed because of um uh, what they believed in, yeah. or what they, or the threat that they, uh, I mean, they, they supposedly they chose their ideology. In right. other words, they were chosen. They were killed because of a particular uh, position in life, or perspective, or ideology, as as opposed to the Jews who were killed for who they were. Yeah. You know, children, um, particularly children. Yeah. So that's something which we'll 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 emphasize very strongly to American high school students. Right. Less so to Israelis. Um, because the Americans are having to answer that question about whether the Holocaust is unique or whether the racism or the anti-Semitism is different from other forms of racism that they encounter. Is, and Israelis? It, how does it go over when you try and bring I, out I, these points of I other? Do talk about that. You know, I do talk about that with these. I, I do talk right. about that at Spilatoskogora, but not in the same, well, not right. the same extent. I don't emphasize it as much. I don't think it is. You, you say you deal with I, this I, other I would rather thing. talk about... Um, I try to talk about hate and the damage that hate does to somebody. Right. Um, the place I focus on is uh, the grave of Eli Melech of Lezhansk, who is one right. of the Hasidic um, masters, um, the third in the Hasidic dynasty after the Baal Shem Tov. Um, and he, he has a famous song where he talks about the importance of love and how love... Um, when, when we pray to God and we pray to God to be able to find the good in other people. Uh, so I talk about that there. I talk about right. how that helps the student 
um, in his life if he is somebody who is somebody do they who loves make that connection to hate. with the racism and with the very um, uh, flammable Israeli yeah, immediately uh, immediately they do. they do immediately they say straight away what about Arabs ah if they were Arabs and and and, and then <laughs> then we come into a discussion about what about Arabs how do we feel about Arabs. Um, but that's not in the Holocaust context, you see? That's yeah. in the context of right. a Hasidic, um, of teaching history, Jewish history, of Jewish heritage, right. as opposed to, I'm separating the Holocaust off from that. Well, right, the Jewish heritage of love and loving those who are different and loving the straight, protecting yourself right. and not allowing yourself to be abused. But, uh, you know, because you are strangers in another land, you have to be kind to the strangers in your land. Exactly. That's such a deep Jewish idea. And what I've found is, and I don't know how it is with your students, but I, and I'm, I'm just bringing this up anecdotally, students who've said, or adults who've said to me, but this one's different. Us hating Arabs is different. Yes, I am against racism. I agree that racism is evil. That's not what's going on here when I want to take you know civil rights away from Arabs who live in Israel. Well, I that's, mean, that's the, not racism. The, the argument is, and I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not justifying the argument in any way. Obviously, is that uh, well, they're the enemy, right? And I, it, it, it's a very difficult thing. I'll say, you know, we, we both have sons in the army for the last three years um, or so, and uh, you know, you you know, your kid is yes, there's this idea of defense and all that, and Bo Hashem, we're blessed with children who are able to think complexly and all those things. But the truth is. They're being trained to fight the enemy, and the enemy is basically Arabs, <laughs> and that's a uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I don't know how. Actually, you know, I, I find that. Yeah. Um, that once they've been in the army, they become, yeah. and certainly once they've served in, uh, you know, active it, units and yeah. elitist units. Kind of like my son is in right. tanks. Your son is in so some in, kind in, of in, uh, no givati in givati in, uh, infantry. Yeah. Right. So um, they tend to become. Uh, their views tend to become a little more moderate about about the Arabs. In other words, they they encounter um, situations which change their views of the dynamic. Um, right. And uh, my son last night was involved in arresting a right. a, suspect, a suspected terrorist in Bethlehem. Oh, nice! Right, uh, right in your house. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Across the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> so he talked to me about. So I talked to him about it. You know, how do you feel about going into somebody's house, going right. to these Arabs' house, and and he talked about how difficult it is for him. Right. Um, and uh, and he's quite right wing in his views. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but that's your son's strength of character that he won't. Whatever his political view is, he won't dehumanize a human. Right. He won't allow it to. Uh, you know the. He won't. He, he won't compromise his moral fiber to make his job easier. Uh, my son will only just now revealed about his his uh, actions uh, two years ago, <laughs> or whatever it was. He, he have uh, also house arrests and yeah, um, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not so. Sh I, again, I, I don't. I'm not trying to like pat you or myself on the back. I'm not so sure our children represent. Typical Israeli. Typical Israeli. No, I, I hear um, that from students who finished the yeah. army. Right. I mean, I do. I hear it both ways. Yeah. I hear it yeah. both ways. I hear it both ways. I, I would say I'd hear it both ways. Um, and again, that 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 is. Uh, but but uh, you know, it is a clear. It's a huge challenge. It's a huge complexity. But on I, the one I hand, we're saying that you know we have to 
treat all people with human respect and 100% agree with that. On the other hand, these people are your enemy. And again, we not all and not all those things, but that I can that complexity, especially for an 18 year old. Now, or, I, our students. Sorry, it's just one other thing yeah, I've yeah. got to mention no, in this context, and that's when um, some of my students who are who are weaker and don't have a really um, a strong uh, a sense of history. I, and I've heard this a few times. Hitler was great. He yeah. had the right idea. Wow. We should build these death camps. Well, yeah, yeah. They were good. And we so he just did it on the wrong people? He just did it on the wrong people. And um, the Jews, they were Ashkenazi Jews. We Sephardi Jews, we know how to do it. We knew how to do it differently. And I've heard that uh, wow. from kids. Wow. <laughs> and uh, what do you do when you hear that? What, what, That's like when we hear from our kids, well, why don't we just, you know, bomb them all, drop a bomb right, on. Why don't we carpet bomb uh, Gaza? Gaza, yeah. Yeah. I, I never know what to react. I, never and I, I said, I don't quite know what to say. You know, I'm yeah. shocked a little bit when yeah. I hear this. I don't hear it very often, but when I, um, most kids don't know not to say things like that, or right. even if they do believe it. Um, and I, I, I don't quite know how to respond. I mean, my initial response is always, Hitler committed suicide. Um, look where Hitler is today. Look where what happened to yeah. Nazi Germany. It was totally self-destroyed. You know, self um, that's my first point. Let's talk about it from a t- totally practical, right. utilitarian perspective. Um, what did he achieve? Mm-hmm. He didn't succeed. Um, I was uh, trying like, to like, kind of go to the moral side. Right. And it usually brings the class with me. And the class, you know, it'll be like... Well, I, I, I always find it sort of refreshing and depressing at the same time that when I say... I, I also, I always like to start with a pragmatic argument. Let's 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 play that through. What would happen if we did X? What would be the next things? And obviously, it would be a horrible destruction of Israel. But uh, then I say, but but how do you how do we bring in the moral element as a Jewish state? What do we want our identity to be? Do we want to be the most criminal of nations or the most moral of nations? And and on the one hand, I find it heartening that they do come and they go, yeah, right, morality. But it's a little bit depressing <laughs> that I have to say, what about morality? And they're like. Right, morality. <laughs> right, right. Shoot, right. And and then you'll get you'll get sometimes that argument of, you know, yeah, but you can't be. There are times where you have to just take care of business, and morality can't be considered. And you know, is that true? I mean, it, that's such a weird argument, and it happens all the time. Can I just before we go? I just want to that point you made towards the end that do do your Mizrahi students from Arab countries who for the most part didn't. Their their families didn't suffer direct, you know, more than we tend to play up. But for the most part, those Jews did not experience the Holocaust in their families. Some North African, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 more than we think. We think, and, you know, and the Greeks and Greeks, yeah, the Italian Greeks, Jews. Yeah. Well, they're really Sephardim or the Mizrahi, but yeah, they're definitely Greeks. Sephardi communities mm-hmm. that experienced the Holocaust that yeah. we tend to overlook. But even even in the Arab, yeah, the whole of Saloniki was basically yeah. decimated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But. Uh, do, do the Mizrahi students feel this is their story? Well, the, that connection has to be talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that uh, this is another, uh, I'm quoting you again, Alan, you always say uh, you are you are victims of 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 Nazi. What, what, what do you say? There's a sentence you use when you talk about, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you talk about Vanzi and yeah. you talk about the fact that all Jews are victims or potential yeah. victims. Potential, yeah, they were trying to... Yeah. The, the, yeah. They weren't listed on the Vanzi. Um, yeah. 
on the page. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to kill all Jews, even yeah. whether they were Sfadi or Ashkenazi. Right. It doesn't matter the fact that the, the fact that right. Hitler didn't manage well, so to conquer. None of us should exist, really. Is what yeah, say. none of us should, should exist, exist, whether you're Sfadi or Ashkenazi. Yeah. Hitler didn't make any sort of distinction, right. and because Hitler didn't make the distinction, therefore we can't make that distinction. Does that work? I'm not sure. Um, I'm asking. Do you find with your well, students that? It, well, I'll be honest with you. I think that it, what I'm seeing more and more outside of the Orthodox world, much I have mu- much less. That right English uh, students who are coming fewer. with a direct fewer students. Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. He's an English teacher. <laughs> fewer students. And I'm making loads of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> fewer students coming with uh, a direct family connection. Mm. Um, fewer and fewer. That in the Orthodox world you still have, like you'll have four, five, six in a group, and in the in the non-Orthodox world they still fi- I often find that now none, and so that there's that removed. So I'm almost feeling it's almost almost like that, right? It's it's a uh, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily now breaking down Ashkenazi Mizrahi, but really how much of your can you see your family preserving their family heritage? Yeah, and we're moving right. away from the Holocaust in terms of yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. we're not talking about grandparents right. anymore. We're talking, talking about great or great great grandparents yeah, who exactly. were killed in the Holocaust. Well, we're we're going from an age where we grew up with survivors in their in their in their strength, you know, in their middle middle aged Holocaust survivors, and now our kids grew up in a world of aged you know, grandparent Holocaust survivors. And this upcoming generation is going to grow up in a world, for the most part, without, yes. without Holocaust survivors. survivors. And and how they understand and relate to the Holocaust and what part that plays Jewish identity is inevitably going to be very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as educators, we have to adjust to but who we I, teach. Ironically, the number of high school Israeli students going to Poland is going up every year. Despite right. that, right. despite the removal from the whole maybe, maybe because, because of that, of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of Jinx, Jinx Alan. <laughs> yeah, maybe because of that. All right, well, we could go on and on, and yes. you know, it's a heavy topic, but and Dave and I do often. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think for Yom Hashoah, as educators, we we have to be thoughtful and reflective about what we do, but more importantly, yeah. why we do it and how to do it well. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't get easier; it gets more complicated. Both both in Israel and the diaspora, as the challenges change, how we teach the Holocaust and the relevance of the Holocaust is going to... Yeah. Which is so weird. You don't want to talk about the Holocaust as a tool. Yeah. But it's that's not how I mean it. I mean it as we want our students to understand it. And a third of our people, really more than a no, third of our people, were murdered 70 years ago. History is a tool, a tool to know yourself and know your heritage. You know you yourself through history, and, and yeah. this is this is this is a transformative event that are that has to be relevant to every Jew. Although, yeah. like you said earlier, Alan, our identity isn't the Holocaust, yes. but the Holocaust is deeply relevant to our identity. So, thank you so much for coming in, David. Really Thanks appreciate taking me. the time to discuss Cheers. these issues Thanks. with us. Thank yep. Yeah, thank you, thank Alan. You. Thank you, Mike. And as always, thank you, Engineer Ben, for engineering us to the end of the episode, which this is. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, This is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.